Hi, this is Viv, and you're listening to the new episode of If I Did, You Can Do. In this episode, I have one of the most inspiring. I mean, what am I saying? In pretty much every single episode, I say the same thing. But this lady is inspiring for so many other reasons. She is a cancer survivor, and she's here to tell us all about her journey and how she just beat the shit out of that one and came out stronger than ever. So let's get inspired. We are back with yet another episode of If I Did, You Can Too. And we have a beautiful guest right here. It literally is the first time that I'm actually seeing her and online. I've only talked to her through messages. <laughs> but the first time that I heard her story, I was like, I need to find a platform to just help her tell her story. And right now that I do have that platform, I got her right here locked up to tell her story. So the first thing I'm going to do, as usual, is to let her introduce herself. Tatiana, go ahead. Hi, I am Tatiana. Um, I'm a content writer at Mind Valley. Um, background is I was never a content writer or a writer of any kind, but I actually... Um, Started off in the spa and wellness industry uh, and was in it for about 15 years until I found Mind Valley and Mind Valley found me. Wonderful. But who is Tatiana? Because right now you were talking about your job. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> now who's you? I love my job. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I love my job too, but that's not me. That's very true. Uh, I... In what way should I introduce myself? Um, I am. I actually grew up uh, as a diplomatic child, so I was born overseas. Um, I was born in Switzerland, and my family and due to my dad's job, we moved around every three or four years. So. Um, I'm Malaysian, but I don't have an accent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I speak in an American way. Um, I grew up uh, going to international schools all my life. Um, you know, and uh, as a child growing up, as a, as a diplomatic child growing up, it was really hard uh, because there was no stability. So, you know, I think if you talk to any diplomatic child or an army child or, you know, military child of any country, they would say the same thing where, you know, uh, as they grow up and as adults, they end up building up some resiliency uh, because they had to move all the time. So one thing great about having the lifestyle that we had or uh, that we had or childhood that we had is just that now as adults, we know so many people around the world that we could go anywhere. We can be like, you know, I want to go to Germany. So I know somebody there and could hang out, you know, things like that. Oh, my God. That's such a privilege. I'm so jealous right now. It is. Oh it is God. such a privilege. I <laughs> want to live in so many different places. But you only appreciate it as an adult, you see, like as a child, like you just wanted stability. Because by the time you actually... Uh, you know, became really good friends with somebody, it was time to get up and move or it was time for them to get up and move. So it wasn't a very stable environment. But as an adult, we could all appreciate it because we could we got exposed to so many cultures and so many um, places and see so many things that not a lot of people got to do. That is true. And you have like the whole mindset that you have is completely different from the people that 
live at one country, one city their whole life. Yeah, and it was the 90s, so but now that we have the internet, everybody's exposed to everything else. <laughs> that is true. That is true. But then you have first-hand story. Mm, that's yes. About every single thing. That's the most beautiful thing. That's why you're here. Yes, it's true. I mean, one of the reasons one also. Of- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so as I mentioned at the very beginning of the podcast, Tatiana, I ask you to be on the podcast for one specific reason, because even I don't know your whole story. This is the first time I'm actually seeing you. I saw you on Instagram stories, lovely. <laughs> but that was pretty much it. But it's still, I had this like very strong feeling that I I want to hear her story. Uh, first of all, thank you so much for accepting it. Second, can you tell us what that story was? So my story is that you know of is that I am a cancer survivor. So about two years ago, 2019, um, it was actually a month before I was going to get married, before my wedding day. Um, I started bleeding a lot. Please tell me like if it gets a bit too much. No, it's okay. It's okay. Don't <laughs> uh, worry. If, it, if it gets too graphic for you. But um, so I, I started bleeding down there, um, thinking that it was, uh, you know, like me going through my menstruation. But um, the thing was, uh, I had just finished my cycle. So, um, and the the type of blood that was coming out, it was, it was you know, as women, we, we understand like the type of things that come out of our yeah. body, you know? So this was a lot different than what was normal. So I ended up going to a doctor, uh, a gynecologist, and he said right off the bat, he could see something, you know, when he was go- doing the pap smear. And so that kind of freaked me out. I broke down in his office because you always find out about other people getting it, you know, and this is a story for anything like, you know, you don't ever think it's, it's going to happen to you. But then when it happens, you're like, oh, shit, like, what do I do now? Do you know what I mean? Um, so, you know, broke down um, uh, in the doctor's office, I couldn't even drive home. So I went to my best friend's house who lived like about five minutes from from the clinic. Uh, and just sat there and just like cried my eyes out. Um, you know, my, my, well, now husband, uh, came over to her house and like, we all sat together. Uh, I called my family obviously and told them what happened. And I just, surprisingly, I didn't want a lot of people around. I just, my, my mindset, and I know this was from the resiliency of, um, my upbringing and being in the spa and wellness industry is not, oh crap, my life is over. It was, or it was in that gear mode of like, okay, this has happened to me. What do I do now to get better? And, you know, it, and I was actually very surprised at myself for having that mindset. It wasn't, you know, like I I broke down because I was sad and like, I was, feeling guilty in a sense that I let myself go through or like, you know, get to that stage. Um, you know, this is why, this is why people say don't have sex before 
for marriage. This is why people say wear protection. This is why people say go for your pap smear. If you are sexually active, go for a pap smear every year. Go get your vaccinations. This is why people say, you know, um, you know, read instructions when you take the morning after pill, you know, things like that, uh, or take birth control. This is why people say do these things. And at that point in time, when I found out, I was incredibly upset with myself because I had not done any of it. So, um, or I was very, I wasn't as diligent as I should have been because I thought, look, I'm young, I'm healthy. I don't, feel like crap. I don't show any signs of being sick, you know? Um, and so when this happened, I was more upset at myself for, for not taking care of myself instead of being sad and like, you know, this, the sky is falling kind of attitude. So, um, so yeah, my mindset was like, okay, this happened. What do I do now? How do I get better? Because, um, up to that point, um, I was, how old am I now? 30, I'm 38. So I was like 35, 36. I was 35. I was turning 36. Um, and you know, for a very long time, for 30 something years, I was, um, I was single. Um, you know, I had boyfriends and whatnot, but, um, I never had like a really long lasting relationship and I hadn't ever had that, um, feeling of like, oh, I want to settle down and get married until I met my husband. And I'm just like, okay, this is somebody, you know, like mm-hmm, when you know, mm-hmm. you know. And then so I, you know, that was like up to that point before I met him, I, you know, I was telling my friends that um, if my life ends now, I'm okay. Cause I did everything that I wanted to do. You know, my life is at its culmination I'm good. Like if God wants to take me, then he can take me, you know, until I met my husband and I'm like, no, I don't want to (laughs) die. I want to live. And then like, you know, like I have something to live for because now it wasn't just about me. It was about a a bigger circle than me. Um, So, yeah, I I found out, went for um, my uh, MRI scan. I think that's what it was. Uh, or was it a CT scan? Something like that. It was one of the scans. Um, and then they, uh, they, my results came out and it was a, I had a stage 2A cervical cancer. Um, so that was like devastating. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, it, so I went, uh, I tried to find, um, what was it? Uh, I tried to find a, a oncologist that, that would understand my situation. And the sucky part was that I had actually recently um, had quit my job and was freelancing. So I thought because I felt healthy, there was nothing wrong with me. I had no issues with my body. I got myself off of insurance. And that's another thing. Don't get yourself off of insurance. <laughs> and that's what happened. So I didn't have insurance. So I couldn't do anything. Um, my husband and I weren't married yet, so I couldn't use his insurance, obviously. Um, so I, the great thing about Malaysian um, 
medical system is that the Malaysian government subsidizes for a lot of things, especially if you're a citizen. Um, so I ended up going to a government hospital and their cancer treatments were like top notch, you know, and it was very affordable. Um, and you didn't pay in one lump sum. You could actually pay like in installments. So I was very, very grateful and I was very, very um, lucky to to be in this country and be a citizen of this country who has such a great healthcare system. Because if I were in any other country like the States, I don't think I would have gotten the kind of um, treatment that I, I was able to get. I, I wouldn't have access to it anyway. Um, so yeah, so I went through uh, four rounds of chemo, 27 rounds of radiation. Um, and there was one more uh, treatment that the oncologist wanted me to do, and that was called brachytherapy, which is uh, essentially um, a rod that they s stick up your private part. <laughs> trying to make this classy <laughs> it's okay it's all fine whatever language you use it's okay. all good um so they stick it up uh your private part and it emits radiation to the cervix or the the cancer sites um and for whatever reason there was some innate feeling like um my intuition, my gut feeling was saying like, this is wrong. I can't, you know, you shouldn't be doing this. This isn't good for your body. And I was trying to explain it. And I, I initially, I didn't know what that feeling was. It was like, I didn't know why I, um, I felt like I couldn't go through with it, you know? Um, and it, it was just so insistent and it was just like pushing at my soul. Um, and I kept praying and praying, praying, um, you know, just asking God to like, tell me what, what do I do? You know, because there's all these people and all these doctors saying like, if you don't do this, the cancer is going to grow, you know? And, um, and I, I was literally like, just, it was just eating at my soul basically, you know? And I didn't have this feeling going in with the radiation and the chemo, but with this brachytherapy, I just, I couldn't, I, I can't even explain it. And it was just this intuitive feeling and it's just gnawing and, you know, um, I don't know if you've ever had that that feeling, but it was it was just growing and growing inside of me. And, um, you know, I talked to um, a cousin of mine who's a doctor and she gave the best advice. She asked me to talk to her best friend who was also a doctor who also had cervical uh, cervical cancer. And her best friend said, um, ethically, um, because she's a doctor, she cannot recommend me like not doing this brachytherapy treatment, but as a human being, like she said, if your gut feeling is telling you, then you know your body best because you're the one living in it. Mm -hmm. So I decided, uh, and what, what she also said was that if I decide not to do it, there'd be a lot of people who would be fighting me. And I'd be by myself fighting all these people. And if she's like, if you're okay with that, then do it, you know? But she's like, ethically, I cannot recommend it. <laughs> and I was like, that's fair. So I sat down with my husband, who became a husband at the time because we got married in between all this 
craziness. Um, and I told him, I was like, I don't want to do it. Just, it's my body. I, you know, like there's, there's just something and I know, you know, I just know it's not supposed to be for me. Um, but as I was telling this to my doctor, um, you know, she just signed me up for the, the first, uh, appointment for Reiki therapy. And I, and I kind of went along with it because at that time I, I was unsure of what I wanted to do. And it just so happened that I was really sick with the flu because what chemo and radiation does is it brings down your immune system. So I caught a flu and, um, and I was trying to tell my doctor, I was like, I can't do this. I'm really, really sick. I don't think this is a good idea. And she's like, no, just go. You have to go because or else the, the, um, the cancer cells will grow. And I was like, <laughs> so, and I ended up, um, going and admitting myself into the hospital and the anesthesia, anesthesia physiologist came in and she's like, oh, you can't do this because you have a flu and you're, you have a fever. Uh, you know, it's in, if you go under anesthesia, you have to be like, you have to be healthy or else like something can happen. And so she discharged me and I was like, this is a sign. <laughs> this is a sign. I should not be doing this. So after I was discharged, uh, me and my husband went back and I was like, no, I'm not doing, you know, I, I can't. I just cannot. And um, so as what my cousin's best friend said, you know, like a lot of people came to, to fight me when I said, when I told them that I didn't want to do this. So, you know, my doctor came and fought with me. It's not really fighting, but, you know, she was against it. And then like even my in-laws were against it. My parents were against it you know my brothers were against it my brothers you know like there were so many people and even my husband was just like are you sure are you sure you should do this you know da, 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 da. and like and I just knew in my gut it's like no this is this is what's best for me you know and when you know something with with your whole being you just have to you just have to do it so um I went to my mom and I said I don't I don't want to do this treatment, but I do not want to stop doing treatments. I want to find an alternative way, you know, because I want to get better. So she fa actually found a alternative doctor who does more of like naturopathic ways uh, and immune th immunotherapy ways uh, for and he's had cancer patients who have had success doing it the natural way. So um, I went to him and he put me on like these supplements and he, um, you know, like alkalining my body, changing my diet, exercising. Um, and I did this for like literally a whole year. So it was like a lot of like coffee enemas. <laughs> and it was like, it was the craziest crap, but it, you know, uh, I did what he said, you know, I changed my, um, I stopped eating chicken. I stopped eating meats. Um, I ate more vegetables, ate more fruits, juiced up as much as I could, um, took supplements like black seed oil. Um, I took a lot of garlic, you know, and all these things I exercised, um, and one year later after doing the, all this stuff, um, uh, he, he told me to go to get my PET scan, which is basically a scan that scans your whole body for any kind of, um, any kind of cancer. 
And when I got the results a year later, I was clear. And I was like, this is like amazing, you know? And, and a lot of it had to do with not only changing my lifestyle, but it also was because of, you know, even though I was fighting a lot of people, there was also a lot of people around me after I decided not to go for the brachytherapy, everybody around me supported me. So I had a really good support system and with, you know, how I was raised with resiliency and stuff, like my, my mental health was like, okay, I got it. I got to get better. You know, it's like, what can I do to get better? You know, what is good for my body? Cause I'm, this is my body. Only I know it best. Um, I'm the one who has to live in it. So, you know, People can just give me advice all they want, but what is what's best for me, you know? Um, and so, yeah, so I continued after I got the results. It was like, it was um, like the most amazing day ever. <laughs> it was awesome. And um, so, yeah, like then uh, I, I kept continuing with, uh, you know, alkalining my body and, you know, doing all these things. And um when I joined Mind Valley, it was like my second year of doing the PET scan, and that was clear, and that's how you found out about it. Um, and so, yes, yeah, so now I'm continuing with with this kind of lifestyle. It, it's it's been great. I've felt like the healthiest that I've I felt since high school because I was an athlete in high school, um, and you know, I along the way, along this like uh, since the first time I. Uh, got the results that I was clear, I have allowed myself to indulge in like things like ice cream that I, I wouldn't allow myself to do before, but I try not to push the limit too much. You know, like if I have too much sugar, like let's say I eat a piece of cake, my, my body, like I've learned to listen to my body and how it responds. So if I have even a bite or two of cake with a lot of refined sugar, my body's tends to like clench up a little bit. I don't know how else to say it, how else to describe it, but it tends to like clench up. So I know, okay, this is, it's too much, you know, it's like, I can't, I can't take sugar. Um, yeah. So along the way, like I've listened, I've learned to listen to what my body is telling me. Um, and I've also, you know, adapted like a lot of, um, yeah, therapies. That's like, you know, how to develop my mental mental health or like how to keep my mental health up because I know when I was going through those treatments, like that's what helped me was just to be like, okay, let's go, you know, um, instead of wallowing in pity and depression. And I, I knew I didn't want to do that. Um, and earlier on, you said like, <laughs> like, I wasn't explaining who I was, but, you know, it's like, this is what I do, but you know, what I, what I do for work is not who I am, but when I was doing my cancer treatments, I didn't stop work. And it was, I was working at the time with a company that was remote. So I got to work from home and that helped me uh, not wallow up in, in pity. And so it allowed me to like have a focus and like something to do, you know, instead of like focusing on um, my cancer and how it sucked up my life and yada, 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 you know? So work actually helped 
be a distraction during that time where I could do other things instead of, or like make me feel useful and not make me feel like, you know, my life is over. Was there any time during this whole treatment period that you went through that you were, that you lost hope? I I didn't, and not that I could remember. I, I remember I, I did reach a low point right before the brachytherapy because I was just exhausted, like, because radiation and chemo obviously, like, gets you really exhausted. Um, so I was just tired that day. Um, I broke down in the doctor's office saying, like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> I was like, can I just skip one day? And he's like, no, that's not how the treatments work. You, like, you have to do it every day. And so I was like, oh, okay, fine. Um, but yeah, I didn't, uh, other than that low point, I didn't. But there was there was one day at the very beginning of when I started my treatments. And I was telling my husband this because looking back, um, I did wonder, because when you hear about treatments with, with cancer and with uh, radiation, people are often very, very sick. So they like, they throw up often or, you know, they get lethargic really easily. But I wasn't, I didn't feel that. And I don't know whether it's because of my background in spawn wellness or, or whatever it was. Um, but there was one day and it only happened once at the very beginning where I was, I was so sick. Like I was, things were coming out of my body at both ends. You know, like, um, and my whole body was in pain and I was convulsing and um, it was heating up. Um, my mom actually had to come in and like put me under the shower, it, like run cold water. And, you know, and it's been two years since that's happened. And I just thought it was because of the cancer and the, uh, sorry, and, uh, of the chemo and the radiation. But when I think back to it, I, I do wonder whether it was, me having a miscarriage because my husband and I had just gotten married. So I, I don't know, and there's no way to tell now. <laughs> so it's, um, I, I do, that thought does come up once in a while because, um, you know, it's been two years since uh, my treatment and I, I don't have, obviously like the, the chemo and the radiation has like completely messed up my, my, uh, feminine organs, right? So I haven't gotten a period in two years. Um, although like my gynecologist has recently said like, you know, it may look like my ovaries are trying to restart, but I do think about that day a lot <laughs> um, where I'm thinking like, what if, what if I had gone for natural treatment? Maybe we would have had a baby, you know, or like, um, was that really a miscarriage or was that me just being sick from the treatments or like my body uh, reacting or getting normalized to the treatments? And I don't know because all the other people who I've talked to have gotten sick throughout the whole journey. But for me, it was just that one, that one day, that one time. So, you know, those are the kind of things that crop up, even though now that I'm free of cancer, it's just like, you know, you do think back of like, crap, that's what happened, mm -hmm. you know, was there something I could have done? Mm -hmm. After being cancer free, was it difficult getting back to life? Because like, even the tiniest 
things that happen to us we're like we're never the same person after that you know yeah and something this big happening was it easy to get back to life of course it would be the new version of you right but like to normal rhythm of life how was it for you how was the experience i think it was there was no change because i was you know my my old company allowed me to work um and they're very very supportive and i was very appreciative of that cuz like if i w- i wasn't feeling well then they would just you know let me rest that day um but yeah i just continued to work and you know life was just as normal as it was like when they when my stepkids would be over you know we just went about like like i wasn't sick like they knew they knew about the cancer but we always acted like i wasn't sick and that made me feel like it was normal you know as, as in like it didn't it didn't put me it, there was no pressure in acting like i was not okay and everybody around me acted like you know you're fine you're going to be okay you can get through this so let's just go on about our day which is amazing like it just and i think that's what i needed i don't think that's what everybody needs maybe there are people who who want to wallow in pity or you know or they need that um kind of sympathy or empathy from people but for me i just needed everybody just to say you know it's normal there's nothing wrong we're going to get over this you know <laughs> like carry on with life and um yeah that that's what i needed for me in order to get better but i i'm sure other people are um other people uh react differently so you know it's it they have to find out what they need for themselves it did seem like especially right now that you were talking that you knew yourself pretty well and your body somehow well as well so yeah tell me a little bit about that because a lot of people are going through a lot of things in their lives and that missing part is not knowing yourself mm-hmm. and also in some cases not knowing your body that may cause a lot of issues yeah um i think i was very um privileged i guess is the or very blessed to have started out in the spine wellness industry um started off my career in the spine wellness industry and especially uh you know i was a a spa trainer for for a few years and we had to we had to learn about the anatomy and physiology before we can ever do massage so you know having to teach that made me understand a lot about my own body and then being a massage therapist and when you teach massages you have to understand like how the body works so in that sense like i as much as i would ignore <laughs> and i didn't realize like i was ignoring my body i did understand you know what to do in order for myself to get better you know like how the body functions physically or physiologically in order to get better so that was something i was blessed with um prior to being sick um and and you know one of my friends was saying like things happen in a, for a reason uh yeah things happen for a reason so you know there was a reason why i was in the spa and wellness industry so that possibly because i you know when i was sick like i knew what to do or i knew 
how to go on with my life instead of, you know, being help or feeling helpless, um, you know, not knowing what to do and just like falling down a rabbit hole of depression. And, you know, instead of doing that, like I knew just what to do and where to go, what doctor to see or what kind of doctor to see, not what doctor to see, but what kind of doctor to see, you know, and I understood like um, the medical system in a sense. So that was what I was blessed with. And I think a lot of people who don't have that privilege, they, you know, if I could advise anything, because we're not all blessed with, 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 you know, what other people have got, but they do have resources, you know, they just have to see it. And things may not be clear at that moment in time, but you know, there are, there are things that you can pull from other people from your tribe that, um, that can help you. So like, for instance, like if, if you weren't part of the spawn wellness industry, uh, prior to being sick, like, you know, maybe there was somebody who had gone through the same experience so you could, you know, get some advice from them or like, maybe, you know, a doctor, maybe you could get advice from them. And a lot of the times that I see is like when, um, people, something happens to people, not necessarily sickness, but, you know, something, uh, crazy in life that happens, something that like tears you down or like, you know, makes you hit rock bottom. They're too scared to ask for help. And then they don't look or they don't want to look at their tribe and say, Hey, I need help. What do I do? Do you know what I mean? Um, and so, um, I think the, the, uh, you know, I was blessed with to, to have like such a great support system where I could go to somebody and I'm like, dude, I need help with this. What do I do? Or like, I could go to my cousin who is a doctor and I'm like, I don't know where to go. Like, can you, can you help and ask yours, you know, your tribe, like, what do I do? And I was raised not to be scared to ask questions. And I think a lot of people, and especially during our time, and especially in this pandemic, I think we should not be scared to 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 open up to people. You know, it's like it's okay not to be okay. So that's why everybody's around. Like there, people are around because you know, the universe puts people in your life for a reason. So um, we should use those people to our advantage in a good way. I know, I know, <laughs> of course. That's a very beautiful way to put it. Thank you. Why do you think uh, people are actually scared of asking for help, though? Because you are not, but we do see a lot of people. Yes, we do see a lot of people, especially in our line. Um, I think a lot of people are scared to ask for help because they don't want to seem weak or they don't want to um, bother anybody. Um Especially, I, I see this with my mom, and I think it's her generation because she's in her 70s. So um, her generation was, you know, um, you're okay no matter what. You know, you find a way no matter what. Um, and you do everything yourself no matter what. <laughs> so, but I think we're at a, at a point in time where it doesn't work anymore, you know. And we're all stuck at home or we're all stuck in this pandemic. And if we don't if we don't ask for help or if we don't reach out, then we're going to get stuck in this bubble of 
self-pity or, you know, depression or, you know, despair. And it's going to be harder and harder to get out until you like voice out something, you know, voice out. And even if it's like the smallest thing, like, hey, I need to talk to you for five minutes about anything, you know, um, that's maybe that that would help. And I like my friends and I do that sometimes where if, you know, I'm going through something, but I don't want to think about it anymore. I'll just call up somebody and I'm like, talk to me about anything. You know, I just want to get my mind off of something. Just talk to me about what's going on with you, you know, and that helps me a lot to calm down. And then once I'm calm, then they're like, okay, what's going on? Then I will explain, but, you know, and there are so many resources nowadays um, where you, you can talk to somebody anonymously, you know, there's hotlines that people can call if you're not comfortable talking to friends or whatever the case may be. But I think now is not the time to like sit alone in your thoughts and not, um, you know, call out for help if you need it. Going through all of this and coming out as a survival, you won. Yes, I did. How, how has that changed you? What is the difference between the old Tatiana and the one who's sitting right now in front of me? And people are listening to right now. Um, you know, I didn't tell you. I think the reason why I got sick was because um, a lot of it was because of stress. And granted, it's, you know, there was the, the underlying issue of like not protecting myself in the sexual manner. Um, but it's also the fact that I allowed... I didn't know how to manage my stress. Um, and now that I had gone through the cancer and now that I've learned um, what it is that got me sick other than not, you know, taking vaccines and doing the protection thing, um, I also, I, I, how do I put it? Um, I also have learned how to appreciate my boundaries. So people think boundaries, um, I, and I was never raised to, to put up boundaries. I was always raised to like, you know, whatever, whatever your family needs, whatever your friends need, you go and you go for help. And I don't know if in your culture, it's like that, but in my culture, it is, you know, it's like somebody needs something. Uh, you go out and help them because one day maybe you need help so they can help you back, you know? Um, and I, I think that works sometimes if you're healthy enough, but if you're not, uh, there needs to be a way to say no, you know? Um, and now that I am able to set boundaries in a more constructive way um, without trying to offend people, I think my family especially has respected me for that a lot more. And, um, you know, I, my, my family is a bit, uh, we've always had like communication problems and there was a lot of ego involved and that's just the way that we were raised. And there was nothing, um, you know, in, in terms of my parents, they raised us the best that they can and they raised us 
in the manner that they knew how, which is nothing to blame, but it, there was a lot of ego involved and there was a lot of um, miscommunications or not enough communication. Uh, and so more recently, you know, because, because I had all learned all these things with my cancer and whatnot, um, I allowed myself to voice out, it's like, you know, this is, I cannot deal with this today. Um, so, you know, whatever you're going through, I cannot be that person for you today. I was like, try again tomorrow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe I'll be okay tomorrow. I, you know, I, I don't know, but I, I'm, I'm allowing myself to put out boundaries because, uh, you know, mental health is a huge thing. It's not, it's not a, it's not a stigma and it shouldn't be. So it is a huge thing because if you can't take care of yourself, then you can't take care of others. So, um, putting myself first, it was a huge step for me. It was something that I had never, ever done before. Um, and um, allowing myself to choose the right work environment, especially because prior to this, I just let my bosses overwhelm me with work, you know, and um, and now I've allowed myself to choose a, a work environment where, you know, the culture is a bit more understanding in terms of, of mental health and, you know, people have have different ways of working, et cetera, et cetera. And, and personally, I don't think I've changed that much. It's just that now I know how to limit myself uh, when I'm not feeling great or when I'm not up to it. And so I'm allowing myself some, some love um, that I never knew how to give myself before. That is so precious. It's so important to know how to set boundaries. Uh, it's just crazy how many problems you will have when you don't even know how to set them. That's so true. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. And, I mean, and that's the thing. It's like a lot of people are not taught to self, set boundaries. And, uh, and in our society, we're always taught like, oh, setting boundaries is, is very egotistical. And, and, and it's honestly, it's not. And there's a way to... There's a way to set them uh, through constructive communication, um, and you know, and and there is like, if you look at it, there is a shift in in the way that people think nowadays. But there, it's a work in progress, and um, you know, there's a lot of the times when you go out and and especially in family where they're like, oh, I I'm afraid of what the other people might think. You know, and it's just, it's not, I, I think I've gotten to the point and I think a lot of people have gotten to the point of like, I don't really care what you think. <laughs> it's like, as long as you're not hurting me, I'm not hurting you, we're good, you know? And as long as there is mutual respect, then we're good. Like, we're not bombing each other's, um, each other's battlefields, in a sense. Okay, so if you were to leave people with one sentence i mean leave by leave people i mean leave this podcast <laughs> with, <laughs> no, no. <laughs> what with one sentence you just won't no don't think like that <laughs> yeah so if you were to leave people with one one message people that are going through the same thing whether it's cancer related any illness 
that is just difficult for them or just anyone who's listening to this doesn't really need to be someone who's going through something that big what would that be one sentence um, not one sentence even one thing what would that be yeah i think the one thing that people should do in order to live a healthier sustainable long life is to get to know themselves as best as they can because we are constantly changing we're not the same people we were when we were you know 5 years ago in our 20s or in our teens or in our childhood um and we're constantly evolving as a person so you know um understanding yourself is is a work in progress you can't just like you know oh i i i know who i am now <laughs> like in like the next year or maybe 5 years or 10 years you're going to you're going to change you're going to evolve which is a good thing uh but you have to understand yourself constantly and i think um in order to do that you have to face your demons you have to face your egos like you have to question yourself first before you start questioning other people in their motives or their intentions like what is your intention what is your motive for yourself um and and in order to do that it really is like it really is facing your demons putting down your ego um and a lot of people are afraid to do that even myself uh at times um i'm afraid to put my ego down because that means that i will be left vulnerable but vulnerability is such a beautiful thing isn't it um and it allows you to you know see the better side of you that you never knew existed and it allows you to be more patient and more understanding and kinder and um and you're not as stressed out as as you were before and i think that is one thing that a lot of people lack um myself included where you know is is just to take the time to really understand your soul this will be my last question and i the previous one was supposed to be my last one but you were talking and i was like hmm i need to ask this other one as a are you happy with the version of you that you are right now okay <laughs> Yes, I am happy with the version I am right now. But I also feel that I'm working to be happier as I go on with life. Okay. Solid point. Because it does seem like you're like in a very comfortable state right now with yourself and with your life and everything, which is a beautiful quality you rarely see that in people. So congratulations. Thank you. but i also think that there's also there's always room to grow and as the world is evolving and the world is changing and we're seeing it literally before our eyes with this pandemic you know things are always going to have to shift so that means like we ourselves are going to have to shift as well so could i am i happy yes uh, could i be happier yes of course we always have that option whatever state you are there's always one step after that correct yeah. am i sad yes can i be sadder than this of, of course, course. <laughs> and the same thing with go for happiness exactly yeah. with any emotion 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. Awesome. Um, where can people find you? Oh. Do you want for them to find you? Actually, people can find me on LinkedIn. That's the only public one that I uh, <laughs> that I will ever have. Like everything else is private. Because probably once this one is going to go out, this is my experience with the previous podcast. Let's see how this one will do, which I think it will do amazing. But uh, after people hear stories like this, inspirational stories, a story that make them think, they want to contact contact that person who actually is the owner of that story and just talk to them in person maybe they have something about themselves that they want to share or they just felt some kind of way or they just admire you so much that they want to let you know so for that that's why i asked this one so yeah. linkedin it is linkedin is my only private uh, sorry public uh social media yeah Tatiana, thank you so, so, so much for giving me the time and being so open about it when I told you out of nowhere. I mean, you don't even know me. <laughs> and then I was like, hey, come to my podcast. And you were like, sure, when? <laughs> I love it. Of course, anytime. I'm an open book. You just have to ask the right questions. Yeah, that is so true. Thank you so much for sharing your story, your inspirational story with us today. It means the world to me. Uh that you shared everything in detail and so openly for people who are going through this. I'm, I think it's going to be a huge source of inspiration just to listen to your story and what you've been through and how you actually came out stronger than ever. Literally, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger as you. So <laughs> that is wonderful. Thank you so, so, so much. And that is pretty much it. I think we have to say goodbye. All right, great. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. I really love this. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.